0: welcome to the garden basics with farmer fred podcast if you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information well you've come to the right spot who in their right mind would plant bamboo close to a house as a privacy screen Bamboo, which after a few years could become an impenetrable jungle, spreading in every direction. Well, I'll tell you who. America's favorite retired college horticulture professor, Debbie Flower. She's planted bamboo as a privacy screen six feet away from her house. So how is she going to control this rambunctious runner of a plant? Uh, ingeniously, of course, we pay a visit to Debbie's garden to find out what to do and what not to do when planting bamboo as a privacy screen. Next up on our garden road trip, we drop by Master Rosarian Baldo Villegas' delightfully blooming rose garden, where he has close to 3,000 rose plants, most of it near peak color. And usually at this time of year, most rose gardens are overrun with aphids, but not Baldo's, a retired state entomologist, Baldo, shows us the good bugs that are keeping the aphids and other bad bugs at bay. And you can do the same in your rose garden. And we get a quick tip from the brown thumb mama, Pam Farley, about another use for toilet paper, planting teeny tiny carrot seeds. We're podcasting from Barking Dog Studios here in the beautiful Abutilon jungle in suburban purgatory. It's the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast, brought to you today by SmartPots, Pots. And we'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. Well, we are on the road. We are at Debbie Flowers' home garden. She's been giving me a tour of uh, all the great drought-tolerant plants that she's put in here, a lot of California natives. But what intrigued me the most is a privacy screen that she is constructing, using uh, for containers some of my favorite types of containers, basically cattle watering troughs or sheep watering troughs or horse watering troughs. I love shopping for garden implements at Tractor Supply Store. Debbie, you've developed a privacy screen with bamboo.
1: Yes, I have. My windows from my house face full uh, west. And so and there's a patio right up to the wall of the outside of the house. So it's a very hot place in the summer. And it If people are sitting on my patio, they can look through those windows into my house. Not super desirable. So... I got the troughs. I have two oval troughs. They're about four foot long and two feet wide. And they stand, I don't know, what do they stand, about 30 inches high? Yep. I had two oval troughs. I went to Redwood Barn Nursery to see uh, our friend Don Shore, who owns Redwood Barn. And he is very knowledgeable about bamboo. Uh, his nursery's in Davis. And I asked him what would be good to grow in these pots to create a privacy screen and a little bit of a shade on the side of my house, and he suggested golden bamboo. So I put that in two of the oval pots and put it outside, grew very, very well. Bamboo like a lot of water, so I hooked them up to an irrigation system that also waters my vegetable garden. They're on a different program, so I can separate them from the vegetables if I need to. Bamboo, an evergreen plant as well, and these are getting
0: pretty tall. You can tell we're outside. <clears throat> I think we're on the landing pattern for Mather Air Force Base.
1: Mather, I- McClellan. And there's lots of, uh, I know there's lots of fire planes that come out of McClellan. So yes, we do get plane noise here. Fine. <laughs> the bamboo, though, is already, what, six,
0: seven feet tall and is filling in. But what amazes me is because they do require regular watering, these uh, containers are sitting on concrete, yet I don't see any water stains. Where is the water going? Yeah, there's a water
1: stain right there. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. <laughs> the water, It's. I'm using the inline drip irrigation system. Uh, I bring it over from next to the vegetable garden and I was worried about having drip lines traipsing across my patio. My older son came up with the idea of using the um, things you buy in an office supply store that you put wires in so that people can walk around an office and not step on the wires. So I'm using the quarter inch uh, supply line to bring it from the vegetable garden, which is uh, off on the soil, across the patio up into the um, bamboo containers. And then I do a couple of circles around the top of the the container. And they irrigate, like I said, with the vegetable garden, which varies by temperature. That's probably one of the most irrigated sections of my yard. And bamboo do like water. Bamboo are a grass. And so uh, the temptation is to fertilize them with uh, a grass fertilizer. They are thin at this time of year. They will thicken up as the season goes on so I did that one time and and one of it stimulated one of the pots of golden bamboo to flower and when bamboo flowers it dies produces seed dropped a bunch of seed in the pot and then I had all kinds of very odd uh, bamboos some were upright a lot of them were not a lot of them were drapey plants uh, hanging down the side they didn't serve my purpose so my husband and I went out and looked for more bamboo a friend of mine had uh, has a cultivar, it's a clumping bamboo called Robert Young. It gets 40 feet tall, and the combs, which are the stems, can be as big as three inches in diameter. So I got a piece of that from him, and that has been in the oval trough for mm, not quite a year yet. And it is already, what, 10 feet tall, I'd say.
0: Now, I can't see these... Uh- quarter inch tubing lines anywhere. So you either have them buried in the creases of the concrete slab between the squares or they're around the back and I just can't see them. There are... you. We're going to walk around the back. I was so comfortable too. Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. So basically, yeah. Okay. You, you protected them basically with these, these strips,
1: electrical. electrical. These are, uh, yeah. Uh, plastics used to, to yeah. cover electric wires, but they work and they are the supply lines into the uh, c- containers. Oh, I see. And it actually goes back to the faucet. Right. All right. Okay. right. I, the vegetable garden is on a um, uh, attached to a faucet kind of timer battery-operated timer. All right, now we know. Bamboo
0: is hardy all the way down to USDA Zone 5, so check with your local nursery people, and you can probably find varieties that will do well wherever you might live. And this is a good idea for controlling bamboo. We, We talked clumping bamboo and running bamboo, and as the name implies, running bamboo can get away if you plant it in the ground, but because you have them in metal watering troughs, on top of a concrete patio. I don't think they're going anywhere.
1: No, they're not going anywhere. When I had that one that flowered and, and produced new babies, I had to empty it and it was a very interesting process. I have not drilled holes in these troughs. I merely took out the one drain plug that they come with, and that's on the side, but near the bottom of the container. That's the only drainage I have in these containers. And I found most of the rhizome, which is actually an underground stem, and the root system very near the bottom of the container. These bamboo love their water. The other thing people ask about is, do the containers get too hot? I have not measured the temperature in there, but based on results, in our sometimes 110 degree plus weather here in Uh, Central California, I have never had a problem with the plants burning.
0: I mean, you could paint them too. get some good tractor paint, maybe something like Kubota orange or there's International Harvester red, which might match the brick of your house at at Ford Blue, whatever. But uh, yeah, you can uh, get very decorative with these uh, uh, galvanized
1: watering troughs. What about fertilization of bamboo? Do they need it? No, the, the short answer is no. I use container media, which has lots of organics in it, and as it breaks down, it releases the Nutrients. But what I learned from Don Shore after I, I contacted him when the, the one container uh, had flowered is that it, bamboo are stimulated to flower after being fertilized. If you, and if they flower, they die. That's one, a very unusual thing for a plant, but it is what happens with bamboo. And I don't want them to die. If I were not pleased with their growth, I would use an incredibly low analysis fertilizer single digits for sure for those three numbers on the bag concentrate on a nitrogen it could be like a four zero zero i don't know what fertilizer that would be but and then i would only apply half of the recommended rate and cross my fingers and hope it doesn't flower
0: yeah something even like fish emulsion which can be two one one or five one one yes and what sort of soil mix did you put in for them
1: Well, these containers are pretty big and so it was a budget item. Uh, I didn't go out and buy bulk. I bought soil conditioner or it came in a bulk red and white, like peat moss comes in packed. Mm. It had a lot of, it's an organic mix and it had a lot of wood products in it, uh, composted wood products. And I added pumice to open it up so that, because over time that that those organic materials are going to break down. And the, so the the bamboo is going to drop and drop and drop from the top of the container. And I will probably go back and add more. I wanted to put some rock material in there so it wouldn't totally compact and disappear.
0: I would think, too, you mentioned that if you did feed them with too much fertilizer, that would make them bloom and then die. I think it would also make them, as you experience,
1: uh, kind of weak and might flop over. Right. Fast growth could lead to that. People use bamboo in the garden. It's, it makes great stakes. One thing to know is that you have to wait until that comb dies to harvest it and use it in the garden. If you take the green ones, the ones that still have green leaves on them, they just sort of flop over and, and Well, you have followed the first rule of landscape design when creating a
0: privacy screen. The area you want to keep private will be more successful for privacy the closer you plant it to the area that you want kept private. And this
1: is about, what, six feet away from your bedroom window. Right. Maybe even less than that. I am trying not to plant things right up against the house see lots of landscapes where plants are planted up against the house. But that creates problems. Houses have to be maintained. Mine needs to be painted. Windows need to be cleaned. You need to have a space, a a plant-free space between the house and the plants. And so I brought them out just wide enough that, that we can walk behind it. Yeah, it makes plenty of sense. And plus, when you plant directly underneath
0: the eaves of your house, you're creating a fire ladder, which could be disastrous down the line. That's true, yes. Bamboo is a privacy screen, especially in containers. That's a fairly foolproof way to get some quick privacy for some area that you're trying to uh, keep private, maybe around your spa or pool or uh, around your house. Bamboo, try it.
1: We're at Debbie Flowers Garden. Debbie, thanks for the bamboo tour. Oh, you're welcome. It's a fun thing to grow, and it really does grow fast.
0: I'm pretty picky about who I allow to advertise on this podcast. My criteria, though, is pretty simple. It has to be a product I like, a product I use, and a product I would buy again. And you know who checks all those boxes? It's SmartPots. SmartPots is the oldest and still the best of all the fabric plant containers that you might find. SmartPots are sold around the world, and they're proudly made 100% right here in the USA. Smart pots come in a wide array of sizes and colors and can be reused year after year. Some models even have handles, and that makes them a lot easier to move around the yard. Because the fabric breathes, smart pots are better suited than plastic pots, especially for hot climates. That breathable fabric has other benefits, too. Water drainage issues? Not with smart pots. Roots that go round and round, choking the root ball like they do in plastic pots? Doesn't happen with smart pots. These benefits will help you get a bigger, better plant than what you've gotten in the past with the same size plastic or other hard container. Smart Pots are available at independent garden centers as well as select Ace and True Value hardware stores nationwide. To find a store near you or to buy online, visit smartpots.com fred. And don't forget that slash fred part on that page are details about how, for a limited time, you can get 10% off your SmartPot order by using the coupon code FRED. F-R-E-D. Use it at checkout from the SmartPot store. Visit smartpots.com FRED for more information about the complete line of SmartPot's lightweight, colorful, award-winning fabric containers. And don't forget that special Farmer Fred 10% discount. SmartPots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to smartpots.com slash fred. When your roses start to bloom, especially in springtime, you know what else is uh, blooming in spring are aphids. And aphids love new rose growth. So what should you reach for? What should you do, if anything, to control those aphids? We're with retired state entomologist and master rosarian, Baldo Viegas. And, Baldo, I get the idea that when you spot aphids on a rose, because you have 2,500 or 3,000 roses,
2: uh, you just say, well, maybe there'll be somebody else to take care of this issue. A month ago, I was going through my garden, and I saw tons and tons of aphids. And at that time, I was going, well, should I spray? Should I not? I don't spray, because it would take me several hours to spray my garden. But I started seeing a lot of beneficial insects, such as three species of lady beetles. So then I said, ah, we have the, we have the beneficials here. I also saw my first uh, soldier beetle. So when I see the first soldier beetle, I know that uh, the aphids are history. Because between uh, the lady beetles and the soldier beetles, they will control the aphids literally 100%. Now, I don't spray my uh I don't spray my roses. So my garden is, uh, is literally spray free and it's been stay free for over 10 years. Well, that's because you've been cultivating this population of beneficials. Correct. And I have a lot of a lot of other things uh, besides uh, roses that will attract the insects and keep them here. For instance, uh, in the back 40, I have a lot of grasses that just grow I let them grow and then a month ago I saw huge populations of seven-spotted lady beetles overwintering in the bases of those grasses so I let them be and that's what gave me the idea that uh, maybe in a month's time the uh, aphids would be totally controlled here I am my rose garden is going to be in full bloom this weekend through the next two weeks and um I dare anybody to find aphids in my garden. I was
0: looking hard, and I didn't see any. I go, wow, this is pretty good, considering some of the gardens I've been seeing lately. And there have been a lot of garden tours lately. And so I've been sniffing around people's backyards and... I'm thinking, gee, you'd think with a garden tour coming, they'd clean the aphids off the roses, but but no. So for people who haven't built the Good Bug Hotel yet, and by the way, uh, in today's show notes, we'll have a list of the plants that attract beneficial insects. For th- those people who haven't built the Good Bug Hotel yet, what is a, a, a non-toxic strategy for controlling aphids on roses? Because they love those those buds, those new buds.
2: Yes. Well, you know, it's always a good uh, thing to have a variety of plants in your garden, not just roses, but a lot of uh, other plants that will attract the beneficials. <laughs> the beneficials love uh, simple flowers that have readily ac- accessible uh, stamens and nectaries, uh, so they can get uh, they can get the um, uh, the sugars that they need for energy, and the pollen that they use for egg production. So. Uh, If you have a lot of uh, simple flowers, I have a lot of uh, single petal roses that I love. And I have them because they attract a lot of beneficial insects.
0: In your estimation, what are the best single-petaled roses to attract the beneficial insects to your yard? Because all gardening is local, all bugs are local, but in your case, what are those single-petaled roses that really do serve as the good bug hotel
2: always i get roses that produce a lot of flowers sally holmes for instance is is a fantastic low petal uh rose that you can in you can use in your garden it's also very disease um uh resistant it looks fantastic in your garden uh i use a lot of those i use uh, several of the climbing roses uh like altissimo uh lighter rose fourth of july um those type of roses that um, have low petal counts and that uh, they look great in your garden. I have a fantastic variety of um, uh, single petal roses that, um, that also help me in, um, in, in the garden. I, I like it that when
0: your phone goes off, it's the sound of a bug. <laughs> <laughs> it's remind me of crickets.
2: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Now, another aphid control strategy, too, if you only have one or two roses and you haven't built up that good bug population,
2: yeah, it would be a, a spray of water. Yes, um, but I always look for the beneficials first. If you don't have, if you don't see any beneficial insects, then uh, go go to different strategies, such as uh, uh, jet of waters that uh, you can uh, blast the heck out of your uh, uh, aphids uh, uh, or or some of the other insects off of the um, off of the tips of your roses. You can also uh, squish them, and uh, I'm, I've been known to be a bug squisher. Yes, you have. Yes, you're, you're a famous bug squisher. How
0: about the placement of the rose itself? We always say the right plant in the right place. If a rose is in the wrong place, if it's getting too much shade or there are issues with watering or some other issue, can that attract aphids? I don't know about that. So uh, it's not the case of the rose no. screaming for help and the aphids no, are the no, first no. to I
2: hear think, it? I uh, think it has to do with shade or full sun. If you have shady situations and you have the right temperature conditions, you're going to get a lot of uh, powdery mildew, for instance. If you didn't uh, uh, totally uh, uh, prune your roses last year, And you have a lot of moisture in the air or you have a lot of rain, you're going to have a lot of problems with the rust in in black spot uh, or even powdery mildew.
0: Well, I guess one strategy for that then is when you plant your roses, space
2: them correctly. Give them plenty of space so there's good air circulation. Correct. Correct. And then the other thing is um, don't plant right under a uh, a shade tree because um, you're inviting a lot of caterpillars to to come to your garden from especially at this time of the year uh, up in the foothills they're probably seeing an avalanche of um, caterpillars come down from from the tips of the uh, of the trees and then they come down in anything that's green on the on the underside in my garden I um, I planted my garden in full sun as much as possible also away from uh, trees because my main problem in my other house was uh, leaf rollers in the month of uh, late April and uh, May, in, uh, into May.
0: We should point out, too, that the single-petaled roses, besides being great at uh, attracting the beneficial insects because uh, they have the mouth part to uh, feed and, and, and gather the nectar from those plants that are just single petals, much easier, is that... Uh, there the single petal roses can
2: also take a bit more shade than some other varieties of oh, roses yes, yes. Um, this is why i love single petal roses uh, i have probably the lar- largest collection of sing- single petal roses in the area and i love them because i can i can place them everywhere they love the sun and they do very very well in in uh, as little as four hours of uh, sunlight a, a day
0: so if you're looking to attract beneficial insects to your yard it's kind of hard to go wrong with roses. They're pretty, of
2: course, but they're, they
0: also serve as a magnet for those garden good guys.
2: Yes. Yeah, especially single-petal
0: roses. Baldo Villegas, retired state entomologist, Master Rosarian, uh, thanks for uh, killing our aphids for us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
2: Thank you, beneficials.
0: Anybody who's ever tried to plant carrot seeds knows the big problem. They're really, really tiny. How can you get carrot seeds separated? Well, you may have to use your kids. Today's quick tip comes from the Brown Thumb Mama, Pam Farley, with a good idea on using carrot seeds, toilet paper, and your kids.
1: So something that I like to do to make it easier on the kids to plant the carrot seeds, because otherwise you're just going to have a big old jumble of seeds, is to lay out two or three squares of toilet paper, mist it with a couple of spritzes of water, and then plop seeds on the toilet paper, let that dry, and then place that in the garden. Mm. It's kind of like homemade seed tape.
0: How far apart do you space the seeds on the toilet paper?
1: I usually do five per square. You could probably do them closer than that, but that's easy for the kids to
0: count in seeds and they have smaller fingers too so they can more easily move the little seeds around
1: this is true
0: yeah that's the first time i think i've ever talked about carrots and toilet paper in the same sentence
1: (laughs) well there you go
0: but that makes always
1: breaking new ground
0: here that makes perfect sense i like that because the because it is uh biodegradable the toilet paper and so you could plant that with five or six seeds on it and hey that's a great way to do it thanks Basics with Farmer Fred podcast has a lot of information posted at each episode in the show notes. Maybe you'd rather read it than listen to it. That's not a problem. We have a complete transcript posted, and you can find that link in the show notes or on our new homepage, gardenbasics.net. That's where you can find that link as well as all the previous episodes of the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. There, you can leave a message or link up with our social media pages, including our YouTube video page. And at GardenBasics.net, click on the tab at the top of the page to read the Garden Basics Beyond Basics newsletter. And that usually has a bonus podcast attached to it. Plus, in the show notes, there are links to any products or books mentioned during the show and other helpful links for even more information. Plus, you can just listen to the portions of the show that interest you. It's been divided into easily accessible chapters. Want to leave us a question? Again, check the links at GardenBasics.net. And when you click on any episode at GardenBasics.net, you're going to find a link to SpeakPipe, where you can leave us an audio question without making a phone call. Or go to them directly, speakpipe.com slash gardenbasics. You want to call us? We have that number posted at gardenbasics.net. Spoiler alert, it's 916-292-8964, 916-292-8964, Email? Sure, send it along with your pictures to fred at farmerfred.com. Or again, go to gardenbasics.net to get that link. And if you send us a question, be sure to tell us where you're gardening Because, as I am fond of saying, all gardening is local. Find it all at GardenBasics.net. Garden Basics with Farmer Fred comes out every Tuesday and Friday, and it's brought to you by SmartPots and Dave Wilson Nursery. Garden Basics, it's available wherever podcasts are handed out. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, GardenBasics.net, and that's where you can find out about the free Garden Basics newsletter, Beyond the Basics. And thank you so much for listening.